this is a jingle. This is our jingle. <laughs> Welcome to the Culture Edit, your weekly roundup of all things work and culture. Hosted by Nikki and Chad Strickland, co-founders of Niche Culture, a strategic consultancy and creative agency helping some of the world's top brands define, articulate, and promote their culture to their employees and the world. Welcome to the Culture Edit. We are in Park City this week. It's Sunday. It's beautiful out, uh, despite struggling from extreme altitude sickness. Uh, we're here. We're recording. We're doing it. It's the altitude sickness edition. Altitude sickness edition. It's messing me up. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah. So I uh, had a good trip out here. Um, Thanks to our friends at Delta Airlines, and uh, we've been here for two days. This is our second day, uh, so we're full day, so we're definitely feeling the altitude. We decided, you know what, just fly in, wake up the next day, and do a 70-mile gravel ride when Gr- you're not acclimated. Group uh, ride. Yeah, group ride. It was going great until it wasn't. Yeah. I didn't feel terrible at the beginning, but it was like at mile 50, I kind of started falling apart because I was just, we were like... Well, we started climbing a lot higher, um, and that's when, when we both started feeling it. But absolutely beautiful. Yeah, like gorgeous. One of the best gravel routes I've ever done. For sure. And really safe. Like, there wasn't any car. There's barely any cars on the route. and Just locust. Yeah, I did get hit in the face with, like, five locusts, which hurt, but, you know. They're, they're half the size here, though, that they are in Steamboat. Well, it made me, like, remember the locusts, and then I start dreading the Steamboat locusts, which are the size of birds. I got a black eye. It <laughs> yeah, hit, me you, the, hit me in the eye and gave me a black eye like I'd been punched by Jake Paul. Uh, but overall, the so it wasn't much of a group ride. There was only like five of us because I guess everyone's out of town for Leadville. Uh, but it was really fun. The The guys who were there were super nice. Um, they live here, but they don't know the route. So that was interesting. <laughs> we we had the route on our, our Wahoo Rome uh, V2. Uh, and they were having to ask us where to go. Even though they do the route all the time. Um, but Park City, I mean, it's really cool. We haven't been here in 10 years. Uh, so it's been a while and the amount of development is insane. I mean, just like every other city across America, it feels like during the pandemic. A the, lot has changed. Yeah, a lot. So much has changed. Yeah. Um, but I would say f- for the better. I mean, it's really cool. There's a lot of restaurants, shops. Uh, there's a lot more to do than there used to be. Yeah, there wasn't this much retail 10 years ago on Main Street Park City as there is now. I mean, it, there's everything is here. Well, and uh, what I realized is the retail here, it's curated for me. Like <laughs> I know, I'm scared of how much this is going to cost us. <laughs> well, I don't know. I just, I, you know me, I really don't buy a lot when we travel. Like, I'm not a big shopper. Because um, you bring everything. Well, I, well, I, I like online shopping because I like being able to try things on at home. I hate trying things on in dressing rooms. Can we just uh, acknowledge real quick that the Delta Gate, the, sorry, the Delta Ticket Agent gave you the award for the heaviest bag of the day? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I just wanted to mention that. Two bike bags, your giant suitcase, my yeah. suitcase, equipment case. This is definitely the biggest bag, intense trip we've ever done but it but it, but the reason i didn't care about packing such a heavy suitcase is because where we're going throughout this whole trip is not difficult to traverse like so when we were in europe having to get on trains and like go over cobbles and like there's no big taxis and so you're having to be nimble when you're traveling in europe so that makes it more difficult to bring a bunch of suitcases but here it's like we just go to the airport you put your luggage on a cart you push it to the taxi you know there's giant taxis there like ubers everywhere then we're renting a car a big car to put everything in it's not a huge inconvenience yeah so uh we've been here for 48 hours we uh, got to see our friend celebrity photographer michael Passari, aka toothpick who also has a place here had a drink with him film uh we've been to the high west distillery do you realize we've been here less than well we've been here 48 hours and we've been there four different times it's a fun spot yeah it's awesome food is awesome drinks are amazing uh definitely my favorite we had sushi last night at yeah yaki yuki something like that i don't know it, it was good it was good yeah, yeah. it was good yeah. um we were kind of like we weren't super super hungry i don't know after the sometimes after those long rides i can't eat which sounds really weird. I just couldn't, I don't know if it's the altitude, but I haven't been that hungry. And so it's been a struggle to eat. Yeah, I think it's the altitude. I think it's the uh, excruciating migraine headache that won't go away because of the altitude. Yeah. 
yeah. makes you not have an appetite. It's definitely been worse for you than it has been for me. Yeah, but I'm, you know, getting better with time. Hopefully. Hopefully. Well, I mean, that's the point of this trip is we came out early because we're doing Steamboat next Sunday. Uh, and so after last year, when I really suffered because of the altitude, we decided to come out early to get acclimated. So this is our altitude camp. From here, we'll be headed to Moab and then over to Steamboat to see our friends. Really excited about Moab. We can talk more about that uh, in next week's episode because I know we're going we're gonna to have a Chad Nikki only episode. Uh, so we'll we'll go into more detail of the trip and everything we've experienced and recommendations. We've got a lot planned, even the rest of our time here in Park City, too. We're going to Grappa tonight. So all of this is curated by our friends uh, Ryan and Natalie telling us where to go. So I'm excited about their list. For sure. Yeah, I'm going out to ride and Nikki's going to... I'm going to go shop. Shop. I, I can't... <laughs> Yesterday nearly killed me with the altitude so yeah I gotta, we have plenty of time to ride i gotta so. take a little day day off <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure okay uh feedback on the pod yeah um more and more feedback keeps rolling in i want to say thank you so much to all the ladies in miami because i think my miami friends guys and girls but the ladies have been so supportive listening to the podcast sending me messages really appreciate it um i'm happy to hear that us talking about going back to work um and the importance of building those relationships in the office and using the common areas has had an impact on some of our listeners uh and that more people are are saying you know what that kind of made a light bulb go off and I've spent more time in the office now. I'm trying to, you know, make more friends. I'm trying to network more. Uh, so that, that's the whole point of this. We want to make a positive impact yeah. on people. You, you were pretty touched by, I think, some of the feedback you got from, from some of the girls in Miami. So For sure. Yeah. For sure. Also, feedback on how well-spoken you are. It's been interesting too. Yeah, uh, going on the pizza ride on Thursday, it apparently struck a chord with some of the gentlemen on the ride. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not like, oh, I'm offended by someone saying well-spoken. It's more of just, it's just a, it's like a pet peeve of mine. And some people probably don't care at all. Yeah. So we've got a guest. Uh, it's a long one. So we're going to just jump right into it. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so not a long intro on this one. Uh, also because we're traveling, but we're going to jump right into our guest. Yeah. And with this guest, it's, it's a testament to lifelong friendships and how that can impact your you know, business life as well and how it kind of all comes full circle. Yeah. So friend of the pod, John Trainer is the chief technology officer of Wahoo. Uh, John and I work together. Well, we know each other almost 24, 24 years, uh, but we worked together at Aaron's um, for 16 years together, although he left for six months in the middle, which restarted his tenure, um, which is still very, <laughs> he's very um, upset about. Uh, which I, of course, had nothing to do with, right? Uh, but John and I, you know, we grew up in, in that organization together, um, ended up in executive leadership roles together, uh, really helped build that company um, when it was going through a really dramatic growth period. Uh, and so there's a lot there, a lot of history there. John works now, at, at, he calls it his dream job. And uh, he's an athlete, uh, and you're gonna, we're going to get into that. Uh, but Building technology at Wahoo is literally what he was made to do. Uh, and he's a great leader of people. And so we'll get into that as well. I've always admired his ability to to really bring out the best in, in his team. Uh, and we will talk a lot about that as well. I also think one um, base for those that listened last week, we talked about what makes a great leader as far as traits go, like from what I've observed. And one of the things that I said was um, predictability is really important quality in a leader. And I would say that John really exemplifies a leader that is very consistent when it comes to his communication style and the way he treats his team. I would say everyone that's ever worked for John or with John has nothing but positive things to say about him, which when I say he's a friend of the pod, he is uh, listened to all of our podcasts. So he comes to us with uh, some notes, <laughs> some notes uh, that you'll it's hear. Amazing. Uh, he's got feedback from previous episodes, uh, including his stance on return to office, uh, as well as the best sushi in Atlanta and uh, his thoughts on Wham in the documentary and, <laughs> and Wham rap. Uh, and so then he'll also kind of walk us through his journey at Wahoo. You can look him up on LinkedIn. Uh, he's also very well known in the business community. He's the chair or was the former chair of the Technology Association of Georgia, very active in CIO, CTO world. So without much further ado, John Trainer. All right, JT. Word up. 
Welcome. Welcome to the pod. Thank you. Another surreal moment for us sitting here doing this. Yeah, but uh, when do we sing the jingle? (laughs) (laughs) We we can record the jingle at the end. Okay. If you need like a hip hop version, I'm here for you. Did you like the jingle? Oh, yeah. yeah. See, I told her to keep the jingle in. Maybe I should put it back in. Uh, Also, what's exciting is you're our first in-person guest in the studio. Very good. So Nice uh, studio, too. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, so encourage others to come in instead of dialing in. Perfect. It's much cooler, right? We didn't even offer you a drink from the bar either. Oh. You're still you're still singing our praises. I have unsweet tea, which I think is illegal here in Georgia, but uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Uh, what are you training for? Uh, right now, I am training for probably three separate things, but they all work together. So um, one is next up is Hood to Coast. So we've got Wahoo, we have a where I work. We have a uh, relay team, and we'll be going from Mount Hood to the Pacific Ocean. Um, did it last year. It's phenomenal. Really? Um, yeah. yeah like, awesome. like a ride? A run, run. A run? Yeah, oh, yeah. So, how far is that? A uh, couple hundred miles, um, and uh, there are 12 of us that do it. Uh, my set of legs will be 18 miles. Okay. And they, they rate the legs by difficulty, 1 through 12. Yeah. Um, last year, I tried to get them to put me at like difficulty level 11 or 12, and somehow I got stuck with 7. Uh, this year we've we've uh, had a few less runners sign up, so I'm doing difficulty level four. Um, so they're the team's going to be waiting for me. It's pretty much the the way to look at it. So it's four harder than seven. Yeah, four. Uh, one's uh, the hardest. Twelve's the easiest. Oh, okay, well, I thought you when you said oh, I, I wanted see, yeah, twelve, yeah. I wanted the hardest, but you wanted the easiest. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. It is the best and the worst running event you'll ever do in your life. Um, it's so rewarding, but. Uh, Last year, we, it took the team 29 hours to do it. So we were not not slow, but we weren't fast. I mean, the Nike teams or whoever wins it does it in like 14 or something crazy. But um, we, um, I slept an hour sitting in the driver's seat of a minivan over the course of 20 hours. Uh, you run three legs, uh, and yeah, it's, it's interesting. In any running event would be the worst running event for me. I have no interest in running, doing ever. Yeah, so so we're so training for that. What I'm really, really training for, I'm going to do by the end of the year. Um, so that's, uh, but that's along the way. And then uh, Heather and I, my wife and I, are uh, running with a group called Rogue Expeditions, and we are running in the Atlas Mountains in Morocco in October. So I think you do like seven to ten miles a day, and then you eat local food along the way. Uh, and I think it's like seven days for the the full trip. So uh, that's going to be at elevation and. Normally, I'll string together seven or ten mile days. I'll do maybe I'll string together some threes and fives, but not. I mean, it's just a different level there. So we're gonna do that. And then what I'm really, really training for is uh, <laughs> by the end of the year, I have a goal. So I had, I had a goal for the first half of the year that was uh, complete Chattanooga half Ironman. You did, uh, which I did. Yes. Um, and uh, the other goal. Oh, and I had one around actually training for it, which I accomplished that, which is rare. So uh, I had a lot of greens and Where? training peaks. <laughs> so, 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 so one goal was I'm going to do this event. Yeah, the, the other, other goal was, was I'm actually going to train, train for yeah, it. Yeah, which because, is like normally I don't couple those. Uh, so because so, you do events without training for them. So what I'm really training for. Yeah, what's the, what's the last thing? I want to do a sub two hour half marathon. Um, if I train and drop like 20 more pounds, uh, I think I can do it. And you, uh, tell us real quick about, uh, Antarctica. Okay. Yeah. 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 You want the whole story? Uh, well, I mean, the... I don't know how long this podcast is going to be. Yeah, okay. Give, give I have like, uh, version. so I've got a 45 minute version and I've got a 32 minute version. I, which would you prefer? Uh, uh, okay. Anyway, the 45 second. Version. Uh, so my <laughs> wife had run a marathon in every continent except for, uh, Antarctica and Africa at this point. And she wanted to get all the continents Went down to Antarctica. I did the half. I was training to do the full. Uh, about a month and a half before we were to go down there, I had a stroke. Um, I don't know if that's what you're asking about. I don't know if you knew that. No, part yeah, of yeah. Okay, I yeah, wanted yeah. That So I had a stroke, this, so yeah. I wasn't allowed to run it. Right. But the guy said it's really healthy to walk. Yeah. Um, and it was like a freak stroke that happens to younger people. It wasn't like clot related or whatever. It was just uh, vertebrae tore uh, one of my arteries and um, technically stroke. But um, he said I could walk. So I moved from the marathon down to the half, uh, and uh, and decided to to walk it, and it was phenomenal. You you know I, I bet uh, Heather probably takes credit for getting you into all this, but I actually give myself credit. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about Grant Park? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I yeah. thought about it this morning. 
So years and years and years ago, gosh, I, when we probably did the first one in '04. That's about right. Yeah. Um, we had I had I had founded this crit in Grant Park, uh, but I wanted we needed money to make it actually happen. So I convinced uh, the. I guess it was Ed Quinones. I, I convinced Ed Quinones, the president of Aaron's rental, but it was the, the office furniture division, uh, to sponsor the race. And my pitch was, we'll have an employee race. And that's why we should sponsor it. He got super excited about it. We remember we bought bikes. We bought like a crate full of bikes and put Aaron stickers on them. So we have the bikes. We get everyone out there. It's one lap. You brought your own bike. Heck yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, and you crushed everybody. Yes. On your own bike. But that one lap was like, it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, <laughs> I am not a huge road cyclist strategist. Yeah. But I followed the most amazing strategy. So uh, I think you paced everybody down the hill because you didn't want anybody dying. Yeah, I was, I was very concerned about <laughs> yep. that. So we get down the hill. Yeah. We're on the flat. Uh, and then I know because of like physics and everything that if we went down and the finish line was where we started, we're probably going to have to go up. So, um, so I just sat in the back of the pack and I just let them turn. And then I let all these people that had never pedaled a bike die on the hill. And, and I just, and it was a, it was a pretty crappy mountain bike. It was this old Marin mountain bike that had the cranks that I think destroy knees or whatever. It was really a bad bike. Uh, and I, uh, I actually can climb, uh, better than, well, no, for a very short period of time, I can climb better than you think. And I was able to just go past everybody. And sure enough, I was able to win the race. Yeah. You won. Um, not but, fair and square you because paid, I brought my own bike. Yeah, that's true. But you paid the price. I remember you were, you I, were I was huffing, suffering. I was huffing and puffing yeah. a little bit. Yeah. But see, that got you hooked. Maybe that was it. Yeah. That was, I'd see. Oh, so that was the first bike race that you, that was the first. Yeah, that was, yeah, like a, that was the, the first bike race. The gateway drug. Yeah. And then we did the, I did the next year, but I don't think I won the next year when it was in Buckhead. Yeah. So we did it. We, I don't know if you know, so we did another crit. Demire and I founded a, a crit in Buckhead called Buckhead Grand Prix. It was around the off, it was through the village. It was awesome. Remember how many people were there? I remember why I didn't win now. Oh, why? You made me ride one of the company uh, provided bikes. I even brought my other one. Yeah. Those bikes were like 50 pounds. They were dual suspension, but. Not like a shock, <laughs> not like a fox shot. It was like a spring. <laughs> yeah. It was just the back was just like a spring. So it was just like. So it was like a bike made out yeah, of a trampoline yeah. spring. And yeah. When, you, when yeah. you started pedaling, like all of your energy just got absorbed by the spring. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. It was, pretty, it, was, it was It was intentional because we wanted them to be slow. Like okay. We, we okay. didn't want anyone to get I guess hurt. That, yeah, yeah, that okay. makes sense. Do, do the people that work with you or let's say on your team, do they know that you do all these things? Uh, I think they do. Um, we have a, we have a great Slack channel called where I am not work related. Huh. And, uh, I'll post stuff in there. Uh, like it just did, uh, Heather and I did the Rio marathon about a month and a week or two ago. Um, and I'll like post, I'll, I'll maybe post like before. So they know I'm in Rio and they know if we're somewhere, we're probably doing an event. So I, I, yeah, I think so. What, how did that Slack channel come about? It predates me. I'm not sure, but we have phenomenal Slack channels. Um, dogs channel is phenomenal. Okay. Yeah, I bet. Just dog pictures. Yeah, our dogs like our dogs doing things. We have a great dog culture, um, and so yeah, there. I mean, there's there are like I think three separate beer channels because there's a, a beer cha beer channel where I that's where you'll see me post things, but. There is a uh, farmhouse and sours channel, and I don't like sours. I'll listen to what's going on, but I just can't get into it. Does JP have a fancy wine channel? He <laughs> does not. That uh, is a good one. Uh, but he would just be in there he might, Yeah, he might be an audience of one. I, I hope some of our clients listen to this. Please just have fun with your team's channels. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that serious. Yeah, I, I think half of my management, if you ask people is done either through Giphy or emojis. Yeah. So how do you use those in a way to manage your team? Give us an example. Um, I think you can <laughs> convey so much in a picture uh, that is very difficult to convey in words. So for example, let's say we just released some software that we've been working on. I would much rather have a animated graphic that conveys emotion 
than words saying great job because I think it just it it um it's just or like if we uh, like I'll do a make it so all the time uh, because like let's just do it like let's move forward and get stuff done so if it's like somebody's wrestling with the decision let's just make it happen and we might be wrong and if so okay we'll do it something different and for most of our listeners make it so is a reference to Star Trek the Next Generation Captain Jean Luc Picard. That's what he would say. Let's go. So you came with a list of topics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you want to tell us what those are, and maybe we'll. Well, the the get... problem with a podcast is I'm shouting at the episode because I can't actually talk to you, but I yeah. I know y'all, and I feel like I should be able to add into the conversation along the way. So you want to you want to butt into the podcast mid hundred percent. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> yeah, I get like, that. Like sushi. Yeah. <laughs> I will one-up you oh. on, like, because you were debating, was it MF or... Yeah, or Umi. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, I've eaten it both. Okay. Um, there is this place in Sandy Springs. Oh, boy. It's in a strip mall. It's oh, outside the Lord. perimeter, so believe uh, it or not... You've already lost points. It's called Circle Sushi. <laughs> Circle? Circle Sushi? <laughs> Circles? Is it in a gas station? Uh, almost. <laughs> it's actually behind... Well, they actually just leveled them at the McDonald's. Have you ever it, gotten food poisoning? <laughs> no. <laughs> Look for. I don't even. I don't even think there's a sign on it saying Circle Sushi. It may not. It may just say Sushi with okay. a circle around it. I'm not even sure that wow. they got that oh. fancy. Okay. What else is on your list? I'm disappointed when you talked about Wham. Okay. That you did not give more cre- credit to Wham Rap. Did you watch the documentary? I have not watched the documentary. Oh. They talk about Wham Rap. I mean, they that, do? Was, that was their what, first song. What, what's Ram, What's that Wham was the first song? That was the very first song they ever released. Really? Yeah. The, believe it or not, it was 1984. They, I guess they recorded in 83. They, their first song was a rap. It's George Michael rapping. Now, That's what amazing. I want you to do is I want you to take the lyrics of that, okay? Yeah. And weave the lessons of the lyrics into huh. a future culture episode mm. because it talks about if you're not making a difference at your job, you should leave. Wow. I haven't even paid that much attention. Yeah. There you go. That's what okay. I'm here for. See, that's why you need me to interrupt. Yeah. No, no. This is um, Yeah, this is great. Let's see. Um, return to work. Yeah. Stop using that. Okay. It's either return to the office or something uh, like that. And here's you're why. insinuating yeah. that you're yeah. not working. Here's why. Right. I worked my ass off in the basement for years yeah. or a couple of years until we were able to get back to the office. Yeah. Uh, so that was a, that's, a that's, a, that's good admonishment. Feedback. While we're on that subject, mm-hmm. uh, enlighten us with your... My take, yeah, yeah. your position, my, my, yeah. my flag that I'm planting. Yep. Um, my take is the world has changed. People have reoriented their lives because of the impact of COVID, and especially in the world of technology, the expectations are very different. I even think that it is rewiring where people live because of that expectation. And I don't mean that they've moved to another city. I mean. You see things like the area where you live, which is the most vibrant, walkable place. And people can totally live here and completely do everything here, including work, without having to go more than a quarter mile away from their their house or condo or apartment or whatever. So I think that needs to be recognized. But I also think that there is a ton of value in shoulder-to-shoulder collaboration. I think it's incumbent upon leaders in an organization to categorize the nature of the work that has to be done and the nature of the work that is best done physically with shoulder-to-shoulder collaboration should be required to be in an office together for a big percentage of the time. Now, I think there's always work that could be done that doesn't fit in that. But then I think there's some stuff that doesn't require that that can be fully remote. One of our highest performing teams at Wahoo is fully remote. There happens to be one person that lives in Atlanta and he comes in the office two or three times a week, but that team is crushing it. They even have a guy in Portugal. Um, you don't, you wouldn't even know that it's nighttime in Portugal. I mean, I don't even know how he does this, but he does it and it is high performing. I would never touch that team. I would never tell any of them that they need to be in an office or not. Um, and that's because the nature of their, the, what they do works well. We have mechanical and electrical engineers. We will only hire an electrical engineer. We're hiring for an electrical engineer right now, if anybody's listening. Um, we will only hire an electrical engineer if they're going to be in the office three to four days a week. Yeah, because they need to have their hands on the stuff with there. other people. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Product managers, I think, need to phys physically be together as much as possible because of the nature of the collaboration. I think if you do that, you have to align your team. The, the, the flag I would stake is at the team level. And I would say this team in this type of role can be remote and this one can't. Is that fair? Maybe it's not fair, but it's the reality of the work. Then if you do that and you have a remote team, you need to pay the price. You're, you're saving a lot of money on infrastructure. You need to pay the price to get folks together because I think trust has a half-life that's about three months or so. Maybe it's six months, but it's certainly not a year. And you need to try to find a way every six months or so to get people physically together so they can work shoulder to shoulder because I think trust can be gained virtually, but it's significantly accelerated when it's done in person. That's my take. That's a great take. That's yeah. a great flag. Yeah, no, I love that because it, it speaks to, instead of the whole organization planning the same flag, pushing down that autonomy to your leaders of the different groups and departments and saying, I trust you to make the right decision for your teams. And then I'm going to support you when you make that decision because it might not be applicable across the whole organization. And the, the key for that to work, though, is what you mentioned, is that you you really need to be able to communicate that authentically uh, and probably pretty regularly to everyone. So everyone understands what, what the position is and why. Yeah. And it does create problems in the organization. Um, I can think of one team where the team leader wants the team to be there. And, and for good reason, a lot of interchange that has to happen minute by minute, um, a lot of things in flight, and it happens well together, but they think it's not fair. And so you have, to, like you said, you have to, you have to be able to explain it and it may not be well received, it, you know, immediately or if ever. Yeah. One of the things we talk about with leaders around this issue is that it's now their job to inspire people to want to come to work. If you want them to come to work, you need to inspire them as leaders. Uh, and it's your job to effectively be able to communicate the why constantly, because that's not something that most leaders have grown up doing. Yeah. And and when you, um, and if your why is, I can see you working, therefore I know you're working, <laughs> you're, you're probably not the best leader, right? Not a, not a good why. That's not inspirational. Right, exactly. Um, you know, I came, you know, uh, Chad, because you, you saw it in person, helped me build it. I came from a place where I had 300 team members and I could stand in one spot on the floor and I could see everybody except for 14 people who were field reps that were intentionally in the field. Yeah. And I loved that because not because I could see everybody working, but I could track down problems. I could get the right people together to, to hash things out. And the, the cycle time, which is so vital was so fast, but I don't have that reality now. So it's up to me as a leader to figure out how do I create that environment? Even though I have people in Brisbane, Romania, France, you know, a boulder, like, how do I do that? Talk to us about the journey at Wahoo since you've been there and in particular, the most recent history, if you can, what's happened with Chip and the other investors effectively buying the company back. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, when I joined, I joined March 26 was my first day of 2020. So 13 days or so after the world fell apart, uh, and um, the demand for indoor training products was, well, first of all, we didn't know what was going to happen, but then the demand became very obvious very quickly. And that's the bread and butter of a lot of we, what we do. But even with that, uh, even our bike computers and um, our heart rate monitors and everything was really in high demand. Then you had supply chain shortages and manufacturing uh, you know, lockdowns and all this stuff that made it really difficult. So really it was hanging on for dear life in 2020 and 2021 because the world just had, had changed. Um, and uh, as we've talked about publicly, uh, you know, a lot of demand was pulled forward and a lot of retailers and distributors were overstocked and that had an impact on us in 2022 um, uh, to a good extent. And so uh, there's a lot of public stuff because part of uh, what we did is in 2021, we um, took on a new investor. Um, and as a part of that, we got public debt. Well, a company that's used to being a completely private company that, you know, it's fairly quiet. Now there's, there's public information out there, which is a weird dynamic that you're not usually uh, used to, right? Yeah, that was weird. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So there's this public information out there. And, um, and so, um, and there was debt. 
and that's something that um, that that Chip, uh, you know, wasn't uh, wasn't excited about. N- none of us were excited about that, especially when you have a scenario where maybe demand was pulled forward, and uh, and so we're not getting the same level of uh, business that we were expecting to get. So there needed to be a reconciling of all that, and so uh, Chip worked really hard to make sure that. Uh, everything that the, conti- the the company continued. Um, we have a lot of innovation we want to do, and we need to figure out how to survive uh, as a company and thrive, frankly, because um, in in uh, the back half of 2022 and for certainly the fir- first part of 2023, when you're faced with really tightly managing your cash because you want to be very conservative in what you do. And frankly, I had to let go really good team members. Um, we had two rounds of layoffs. Those are public as well, so I'll talk about them. Um, we had the most dedicated people because we hired for people that were passionate about the product. And I remember talking to one person that um, in, in the conversation where I'm doing the layoff, and he said, I, I'm never going to have this great of a job ever again. And that'll just kill you because brutal. You, you know it. I mean, I really, I'm ruined as well. I don't know where I would ever work again um, because I love what I do so much. And I love the people I do it with. We got a spot for you here. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so uh, uh, sushi reviews on podcasts. Yep. Uh, okay. um, so it, it would, those were tough. It was tough to manage all that cash, but we had to do it because we still want to innovate. And so Chip was able to work it out, uh, actually with that investor that came on in 2021, as well as the banks, as well as some additional investors, and was able to get us back into a healthy financial position. Um, We no longer have that debt that is difficult to service, and we have a really solid runway for a good period of time. We are back at it. We're a smaller team than we were, you know, call it a year, year and a half ago. Uh, but we still have a ton of dedicated people. So I think your original question was like, talk through that. I, I, I learned a lot. Um, I think we all did during the pandemic. I, the, but the exciting thing is all that stuff is kind of behind us. And now it's just what is the great stuff we're going to deliver going forward? And, and what is it like? internally for the organization to see the founder step up and do that because chip could have walked away totally uh, and and i would say nine out of 9.9 probably out of 10 founders that had gotten to that point uh with their journey would have walked away but he didn't and what does that mean internally for the folks that work there i happen to be in london and i uh, went by the london office i had not been there before and People were asking me what's going on with, you know, everything, all the recapitalization efforts. Uh, and we try to be incredibly transparent. That's one thing we always want to do internally. So every we have a company meeting every month, and we talk about everything we can talk about in that company meeting. Doesn't mean you can always be fully transparent uh, because there might be things you can't talk about. And this is one of those where it was really tough because there are so many moving pieces that you had to be really careful. Uh, and so somebody asked me, uh, a CS rep in the London office asked me what was going on with the recapitalization. And I want to be as transparent as I can. And I shared, what I did is I shared the various scenarios, but very generically. And I shared the scenario that ended up being the scenario where Chip would go and work on finding some investors, would not give up, not give up the company, and that he would get back highly engaged financially, et cetera. And she actually started tearing up. And that's how much, that's an example, wow. one person, but an example of how much it means to the company. Chip is, uh, his level of thinking past problems is so amazing that his engagement in the company is incredibly vital, uh, but it's so valuable and so inspiring because he, he's always thinking about the athlete and what makes lives better. And he's not there to make a buck. He's not just there to make a product. That's tough sometimes because you're down the road on a product and he's like, this is total garbage. Nobody needs this. And <laughs> like, wow, I thought I was doing a good job, yeah, but I'm not. This is my life's he's, work. <laughs> he's very candid, but in like the most refreshing way, because you know, he's doing it coming from a great place. Uh, so that, that's what it's been because it's been a ton of that energy. Now when, when you're just managing cash to make sure you're going to make it, you're not, leaning in and you're not solving big problems. Once we got that past us, all that gets wiped clean 
And now we are, I mean, we are at the race right now, working our tail off to get awesome stuff done. When was that switch when people felt like everything was going to be okay again? How did you announce Chip coming back in, essentially saving the day? And was it immediate people just felt better or did you still have to continue to communicate the vision? Um, People still do not feel better. So this happened three or so months ago. And I think when you when you go through a couple round of layoffs, we Wahoo had never done layoffs, never thought it would ever do layoffs. And that just really will rock a company. Um, and then to have two rounds of layoffs is like really devastating. Um, and so you just, you throw away a lot of trust that had been built up over years. And we're, it takes, the only way you rebuild trust is by actually performing. And I don't mean performing financially. I mean, doing what you say you're going to do as a leader. And we still have more of that to do. Um, We're not happy with where our engagement is at the moment, but we're measuring the heck out of it so that we can see what what is failing and what's not. We're trying to put in place plans to address some of the things that are barriers to engagement. And it's also, uh, this is one of those return to the office problems as well. I was talking to somebody in Brisbane uh, earlier this week, uh, did a a check-in one evening, And he said, what's the mood in Atlanta? And it's because he's trying to gauge what is my mood supposed to be because he's not at the water cooler feeling the mood. And uh, the mood in Atlanta is great. Um, We we had we just did a a tour watch party uh, on Wednesday morning. I think it was. Yeah, Wednesday was great. Uh, And what's cool is we work with people that were professional riders. So we have uh, our MC was a former professional rider interviewing current and former professional riders as well as uh, people that do cool stuff like sports science and things like that. Um, and so it's fun. Like that's like the vibe that we're used that we want to have, right? He doesn't get to share in that. So that's a, an area where we need to continue to work to get it get it fully there. I've never been around a, a more genuinely trustworthy leadership team to a person than we've had at Wahoo. It is uh, like it, everybody is they're, they're Like I don't, I have such PTSD from my last experiences where I'm like waiting for the drop. I'm like, I'm in a meeting <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you're here to help me. Sure. <laughs> right. waiting for and the I knife. don't believe I, it's like, what, what are you suckering me into? And then we get to the end of the meeting and I'm at the end of it. I'm like, wow, they were here to help me. Like it's yeah. shocking. It's some PTSD problem. Well, you don't have me there going, here's what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That little, is it angel or devil? I'm not sure what's yeah. on the shoulder. Yeah. Just FYI. Here's. Yeah. You, yeah. I, I just want to add, I had to talk you into your first CIO role. You didn't want it. No. I mean, <laughs> even I did, though it would have been, uh, it probably doubled I your sure salary. I sure that I wanted it. How about that? Yeah, it probably doubled your salary. You didn't want it. What, what yeah. was the hesitation? I have huge, huge imposter syndrome. Uh, I know you, in your last, uh, the last episode I listened to, she, she had it earlier, right? But uh, maybe he's gotten rid of it. I still have it. I, there are... But I've done, but I've accomplished a You've lot. You've been of, CIO of the year, by the way. But, but like, I still, there are things I wonder, am I, am I able to actually even do this job, right? Um, and so I think it was partly that. And yeah. I was convinced that I couldn't do the job. Like, in, in my mind, I was convinced. But then it's like, well, what, you know, what could go wrong? You know, but you figure it out. Yeah, what's yeah. the worst thing that happened? <laughs> there, uh, I was listening years ago to Tim Ferriss' podcast, and he was interviewing somebody and um, the, I might be getting this totally wrong. So if not, I made it up then, but it's um, the question was uh, what's on the other side of fear. And the answer is nothing. There's nothing on the other side of fear. Fear is just something you pass through and there's, there's literally nothing there. What's going to happen is going to happen, right? Yeah. It, it's so, it's interesting. Cause that's what we went through to start this podcast. We were so scared to start the podcast and then <laughs> I don't remember. I wasn't scared. You were, I was scared. I was more scared to start the podcast. Um, I don't even know why, but then I just hit a wall one day. I was like, well, what's the worst that can happen? Like we're already doing this together anyways. We're and really it was, I think I was standing by your desk and I thought, 
well, we're already talking about all this stuff, but we're talking into the air when we could just be talking into microphones and maybe yeah. people will listen. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they won't. I was scared for y'all when I heard you were starting the company. Yeah. I was like, okay, I was scared that's Everyone says great. That. <laughs> that's great. But do you need me to see if I have any buddies hiring somebody? Like, I was like, that's cute yeah, no, and all. Yeah. And, and now I, uh, first of all, I uh, have seen what you do with your, with your clients and people that I know at companies you work with talk about the impact and like, it's pretty darn cool. Uh, but then I also see your Strava feed and I'm like, it kind of got it figured out. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm embarrassed that I ever questioned either one of you, but like they've got it figured out. Yeah. We've had, uh, this, There's, this year has been a tough on the Strava. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, we haven't, we've definitely not, uh, hit all of our cycling goals this year. Like we have in the, in the past, but you know, there's ups and downs to everything, every choice in life, everything like the grass is always greener on the other side type of thing. And it's, if you choose to see things that way. And so, yeah, we have, months where I'm super stressed, but then he sees that and he knows that he has to overcompensate and be really positive. And then I'll see times where he's really stressed and I notice that and act really positive. And so I think that's what people don't, don't see is it is really, really hard and really, really scary, but it's also people see the Strava, you know, that's all people typically see. They don't see the hard stuff. They just see the Strava. Yeah, sure, um, sure. but it, it's it, so it, rewarding. And that Strava is misleading because it's 24-7 work for us. <laughs> like, there's no, like, okay, the horn sounds and we're not working Yeah, I did, I did want to counsel y'all on the, hey, it's a good Sunday morning work time. <laughs> okay, or we could do something else, like relax. Right, right. You know, the yeah. Sunday thing, I don't know. Maybe we're kind of weird. I think I get really excited to come in here on Sundays. And we always have, like, a glass of rosé or, or, you know, so it kind of feels like a fun sunday thing where we're recording and we're, we're always together anyways so that we're just in here chatting and having fun and and having a glass of wine so it doesn't being productive yeah the editing yeah. that that's the the hardest part because that comes after the glass of wine yeah <laughs> what else is on your list i've asked you all my hard questions oh wow uh, except, except i have another one what is that watch you're wearing there you want to uh, tell us about that wahoo rival uh -huh. um it is a gps uh watch that is really good for triathletes. I know what a rival is, but I've never seen a clear, oh, a clear, clear, one? Yeah. A clear case. So it's, oh, sorry, I can't talk oh. about that. Uh, okay. I actually feel bad because people, hey, what watch are you wearing? I'm like, well, this isn't like commercially available. Yeah, it's a clear case. A few people got uh, clear cases. Oh. So we can't talk about it? Yeah, you can talk about it. It's, oh. it's a rival watch. Yeah, uh, it's, cool. it's what I wear all day, every day. Yeah. Uh, it's what I did Chattanooga with and uh, it, it kicked butt and yeah. uh, it's a great product. So, Can, uh, can yeah. you make one that's just slightly smaller for the tiny wrist people because uh, we were going to make a bigger one for the tiny wrist people <laughs> uh and uh yeah uh, that's actually a great comment uh we certainly need to do it we um uh <laughs> i'm just gonna put you on the spot yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're not doing that right now you see he's frantically writing that really now that. when you're working out with people or riding or running do you get a lot of people going hey you should do this or hey uh like last night let me tell you a quick okay. story yeah we we're riding with this kid willem uh, and I told him that you were coming on the podcast and we were frantically trying to beat the terrible rainstorm that came last night. Yes. Like uh, we could see it coming. Yes. Uh, so we're frantically going and he goes, tell that guy that we need to see radar yes. on our, uh, room. I'm very, I'm, I'm very aware of that need. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Will so, didn't, uh, didn't invent that idea. You've uh, heard no, this before. I uh, know. Uh, um, okay. yeah, I, um, uh, I love saying ideas are free. Yeah. Uh, implementing them is a little bit tougher, but, uh, the, um, I, I get it a little bit. Um, I actually get it from my own family the most. So my, my oldest son, Jack, That's he fun. loves disc golf. Uh, you know, he went, when he got done, uh, playing college football, he had to compete in some way. And so he picked disc golf and, uh, he's wondering why we don't have a disc golf mode for the rival. Okay. Uh, and I, I, he probably get that like once every two or three months and he's wondering, and I'm like, I just don't know the markets there. So, um, <laughs> I love those. I love those ideas yeah. because, um, we do hackathons quarterly and we just let anybody in the organization build whatever they want. I can't tell you how many of the things are in production right now that were just hackathon ideas that somebody threw together in a day and a half. And then three weeks later, we have it in production on the bike computer or the watch or whatever, uh, like uh, headwind control. So we have this amazing fan. It's one of my favorite products is the headwind. Really? Uh, yes. We need I to get one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. 
oh my God, the headwind's an amazing product because you can have it heart rate controlled. Yeah. You can have it, uh, you, you can control it remotely from your bike computer, obviously. So Nikki would need to yell upstairs to me to come like, turn Chad, the fan on? Turn the fan you on. You can turn it on from your watch. <laughs> so, so I'll control the headwind from the watch and yep. it's, you feel like you're, it's almost like magic because yeah. you, you're making a fan blow on you. And it seems trivial, but that was a hackathon idea. Somebody's like, wait, I have a watch. It knows how to talk to the, you know, it knows how to talk that protocol. Let me turn on the fan. And it's, it's stuff like that, that we, um, we love getting it. We have a phenomenal beta forum. Our beta forum would keep us in business for years. They're so dedicated. I'm amazed at how much they put in to helping us make our products better. And so we do get it a lot, but it, I, I welcome all of it. Yeah. I've been a part of a couple of beta forums and I realize that those people care about providing a lot more feedback than I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have a lot you more were time like, on oh that. Oh my gosh, I have to upload all of this information. Well, no, and it's like they there's people that and they have to have normal jobs, I assume, yeah. but it's like this is their job. They're volunteers in the beta forum. I, and I, it's crazy. I mean, they are I mean, I can name specific people in our beta forum that uh, they are vital to I mean, I rattle off names right now of people that are vital to us making our products and and we try to shower them with whatever we can because they're really putting a lot into it but then they'll turn around they'll they send us beer every year wow so we'll get our beta forum that is doing this to help us build pride will send us beer it's an amazing it's an amazing thing every time i was ready to give feedback i would go and be like okay i hear i've got all these things i want to go they would already, it's already sure. all done. Yeah. They, they, we've already moved down the road. Yeah. Chad, you're like way yeah. too slow on this. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're at like 3 a.m. Test, testing the power pedals and you're waiting till five o'clock in the afternoon for the group ride. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we owe them a lot. So we just released um, uh, Summit Free Ride. So if you don't have a route loaded on your bike computer, um, it will still tell you what climbs are coming up and uh, estimate the time for the climb and things like that. Can we turn that off? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. I turned it off. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you can also, I think we've implemented it, if not, it's really soon, where you can change the sensitivity so it only gives you really big climbs. Uh, uh, that okay, might be, be what you okay, want. Okay, that's, uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, and that came from Betaform. Oh, so yeah. that, that feature was uh, when we were about to release it, it was not ready. And it was very frustrating because we knew a competitor was about to release the exact same feature. It was, and we could have beaten them to the punch. But because of feedback we got from our beta forums, we decided we were going to prioritize quality over timeliness. And we waited two weeks after that, resolved a ton of issues identified by the beta forum. Then the review on the product comes out and people are like, you nailed it. You got it exactly right. And that's what we want. We want like that magic for the customer. And so we may not, in fact, this was a quote from one of the reviewers. We may not, Wahoo isn't always the fastest to get it done, but they do it right. And, uh, uh, we'd re like to do both, frankly. We want to be the fastest and do it right. But um, that came from the beta form. But your customers don't know what your competitors are doing because they're not, no one's sitting there with a, a roam and uh, a But they ride, they ride with people that uh, have, uh, I guess, yeah. in other cities. Th that's yeah. the thing but, is here in Atlanta, it's all Wahoo. Yeah, yeah that's fair. That's no fair. one uses a Garmin. That's fair. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, You're not allowed to come to the rides if you have a yeah. Garmin. Yeah. Uh, the, the way we ride, we all laugh because we're like, yeah, we know we're on the damn climb. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was funny when that feature first or was on my Wahoo. It was such a mental thing because we started a ride and I didn't realize it was on there. I think I, I think I, I was just getting a new. What do I have? That you just one? got a new. Yeah, one, yeah, I just had a new uh, computer, and so I turn it on and I have the route loaded, and it's like one out of. 80 climbs completed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I didn't need and, to know that. And yeah. I just did not, that was not the time to yeah. know that I still had 79 climbs. Oh in front that's, of awesome. that's riding in Atlanta though. It's like, yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And I was confused because I, I hadn't looked at you. Chad randomly made the route. So I was so mad at him. I'm like, I can't believe you put this many climbs. In so you got me in trouble. <laughs> I love I'm like, we're yeah. going on a flat route. It's like one out of 80. And I, I was like, it. but I didn't realize that it, it wasn't at that point. Didn't know the level of climbing. So I was like, okay, this is a hill. Yeah. So I need to recalibrate my brain. The best part is trying to get our data scientists to test it because they're all in Amsterdam. Oh, yeah. And they, they don't know what a climb is. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's why there were so many climbs. Yeah. Two, two other work-related questions, and we'll get back to your speed stuff. One, um, one thing that you're really, really good at is hiring. 
hiring people and convincing people. I mean, you know, at Aaron's, I'll, I'll use it as a good example. That that wasn't a top tier tech job, but you were able to convince people to either leave top tier tech jobs or they were considering other organizations that I would say were top tier. Uh, what do you? How do you? How do you do that? How do you convince people? to A, come work for you, but then also what are you looking for in people? Our head of software, I've, I've told him I waited way too long. I thought I could do that job and I was wrong. And so like when I hired him, I wanted somebody that would appreciate what we were doing at Wahoo. And I think I just got lucky. I mean, I don't, because I got somebody who he, he's a, you could, you guys could ride with him and have a good day. Um, versus riding with me and being pretty bored. But more than that, he knows the the software and he knows the science that backs up everything. And so I just found somebody who really would care about it and then came over. So how did I, I don't, I don't I have no, I, I don't know. It's just natural. No, what, I, I don't So know. what do you, I, I think I've gotten, I've gotten lucky because I've made some really bad hires. Like I've made some bad ones uh, or I've, I've held on to people that I got that I inherited longer than I should have. Um, it's like the number one thing that, you know, you, you always do different. Uh, I would definitely say that. I, I don't remember a lot of bad hires, but holding it, on to people. Yeah. 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 We're, we're thinking the same person. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> we won't put any names yeah. on that one. Yeah. Uh, so what is it that you look for in, in people? I actually care more about how curious someone is and how passionate they are than what specific skills they have. Um, I like to see that somebody has done some level of leadership and I don't mean business leadership, but some level of leadership along the way. Talk to a guy that, um, I'd love to hire at Wahoo. He has led as a volunteer at an organization and I see what he's doing and I'm like, that's the kind of guy I want because I don't really know. It's hard to assess skills. Like you can only, you can only ask so much. He happened to intuitively know where our architecture was going. So that made me feel really good. But what was interesting is like outside of his job, he's making the world better through some level of leadership. And, and I, so I like that kind of stuff. Wait, any other questions? I like athletes too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I know that was mentioned on a previous podcast, but I don't care what they were an athlete in. I like that somebody wanted to win and that they took the time to do that. Um, I like people who do tough stuff. Uh, I like, obviously I respect when somebody is a marathoner or an endurance runner of some sort, or, um, a has competed at a high level of cycling. But I also, we, uh, I did interview this guy. Uh, we have a guy that's in Brisbane, not in Brisbane anymore, close to Brisbane. He told me during the interview, I know Wahoo wants to hire cyclists or runners. I'm neither. And he said, I just don't know that I would be a good fit. Like during the interview, he's, he's like trying to talk himself out of the job, but it turns out he hikes and he does yoga with his wife. But what I found out is he does improv and I can totally respect anybody who's going to stand up in front of a hundred people with nothing prepared and just be funny. Like, I mean, the courage that shows. And so I would love to hire somebody who's going to show that level of dedication and courage. So for all the students out there who recently graduated or are graduating from a school that rhymes with schmad, don't <laughs> listen to the teacher telling you to put everything off your resume that has to do with sports and or extracurriculars. It's very important. Yeah. It is a connection point that is not going to hurt. It is. It shows that you care about something. I, yeah, I agree. Tell the whole picture of yourself 100 not just part of it and you're you know gonna, what you maybe you're going to alienate some jobs but guess what you didn't want those jobs exactly so, yeah you're going to tag sammy in this <laughs> tag sammy. <laughs> we, we ride with a, a, a elite level amazing athlete, athlete. um She's and she's Former just a super cool champion. person. Uh, and she went to SCAD, and one of the advice that she got from a, an advisor at SCAD was to not include that she's an athlete on her resume because people might not like her as much. <laughs> and we we're like, what? That makes wow. no sense. Yeah. And if they don't, you don't want to be around them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you sound like Kim Butler. Remember, he used to stand in front of three thousand people and go, "We only hire athletes." He, he did. <laughs> I'll hire athletes in improv. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Someone that just has a lot of passion for something outside yeah, of work. that's exactly that's it. I, I mean, frankly, it could be I'm the best knitter in the world, and I knitted this, but I I blew away all the other knitters in the world. You know, like yeah. it, it doesn't matter. 
it's somebody that's passionate about something I think is really valuable. We, we have something that we believe in at Wahoo, which is respect the ride or respect the run. And what that means is not only allow people to spend time riding and running, actually celebrate and respect the fact that they do that. And uh, we have unlimited PTO. It is so powerful to have the ability to, to see people going, I'm going to go to the other side of the world and do this. Like Joe, who you met riding, he just did some phenomenal climbs in I think like Thailand or I'm not, I don't remember exactly where he was. And um, that was before he moved from Australia to the U.S. And I'm like, that is what I want people doing because I want to live, I want them to live their entire life and be passionate about stuff because they'll pour that same passion back into the products we build. That's cool. You want to do rapid fire with your list? I did want to, uh, I agree on the global diversity thing. Um, having people in Romania and France and Germany and uh, like, uh, it is amazing how, uh, leaders from the U.S. simply do not understand that the world's different. Yeah, I think that's why it's healthy to go travel places, even if you're not going to run a marathon or half marathon there. But um, it's really healthy, and I can't emphasize enough that you really need to be able to communicate and understand what people are thinking, or you're going to miss the whole point, and you not don't even know you missed it. So, so I, that was a, I agree with that. Uh, we were talking about sushi, our culture wars within. I think you had talked about some culture wars within organizations. We have a really strong culture war in Wahoo, and it's whether you do road, mountain, or this subversive thing called gravel. Yeah. Uh, so it gets pretty heated uh, there. We do have Slack channels for each, and they're kept separate for obvious reasons. <laughs> the last thing, a quote that, um, that I heard that I think John Doerr said it, or he quoted somebody who said it, I think, and it is, uh, when you are sick of saying it, they are starting to hear it. <laughs> and you had mentioned on the, um, you know, how are people feeling? Or is everybody excited now that the, the things happened with the financials three months ago? And the thing is leading up to that, you're in the process for months. And then it's done when you're announcing it. It just started for everybody else. Exactly. And you're done with it. Yeah. And so I think as a leader, the, the thing that I keep, trying to remind myself and you forget all the time is if you've been working on something strategy or whatever that you're rolling out, you're done. You think, but no, you were literally just starting. You're, you're midway through the thing because now it's the hard work of everything you had in your brain and you have to get it to people that all hear it differently. And there are different ways that people hear and see and everything. And so, and they're hearing it for the first time. Yes. That was yeah. the quote is always remember they're hearing it for the first time. Yeah. And, and I think it was something like people have to hear something seven times in three different media to understand, uh, the, the topic. To stick, yeah. yeah. Right. Right. So what, what is your, uh, advice to young people? Uh, I was listening to a Lex Friedman podcast about AI and it was a minute 12, uh, remaining. And, um, the, the, the guy was talking about some of the dangers of AI and, uh, Lex asked that exact question. And the guy said, pretty much just give up. Uh, that is not my <laughs> advice, <laughs> but I, I was I, like, I, wow, this just got dark. But, but, but I heard that and I was like, Whoa, do not invite that guy to the commencement address, you know, like, holy moly. Uh, but, um, no, I think, uh, it, it's all about passion and effort and find something that you're passionate about and then just put in the work and there's no substitute for work. So I'm decent at technology and I can spot things that are wrong, but it's not because I read some book or like it is, I spent, especially when I was younger, I, I worked long, long hours and got to see a lot of different stuff and there's no substitute for that experience. Um, and so I think it's, uh, the, and the only way you're going to be able to put that amount of effort in is if you are passionate about it. So I think aligning those two things is the most vital thing. And what's the best advice that you've ever been given? Probably Chad telling me to take a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it had I, been a few years. It had been a few years. Yeah. Uh, I, I was swimming in Lake Oconee and then we were at the little, little dinner and you go, Hey John, um, when was the last time you took a vacation? I said, oh, I just took one. He goes, 
Now, not one where you went with Heather for her to run a marathon. <laughs> when was the last time you took a vacation? Yeah. I was like, well, maybe it's been three years or so. And you're like, you need to fix that right now. So my, my last year at, that, at, our, at our shared uh, job um, where we worked, uh, the last year I had five weeks vacation. And my goal that I set for the beginning of the year was I was going to take every single day of the five weeks. Uh, we went to Iceland. We went to India, we went to Jamaica, we went to Peru, uh, ran in all those places, ran the best trail runs in both Pacasmayo, uh, Peru, and uh, Kavari trail run outside of Mysore, India. And like that, that was like great advice. So it's really good. This has been awesome. Uh, this could be like 10 podcasts. It's great to have these kind of candid conversations. I do have a goal though for what? this podcast. Okay, what? So I'm not the first guest. But no. my goal is that I will be the first repeat guest. Oh, okay. I like that. Okay. Okay. I like that. So just we plant can that, that in the back of your mind when you're scraping the bottom of the barrel for, uh, <laughs> for guests. And you're like, oh, God, trainer could probably come down here. Maybe I could do it. Okay. Let's see what the traction's like on, uh, yeah, that, on this episode. Before we commit to anything. Zero are. listeners. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think we're, it's safe to say uh, we'd love to have you back. So uh, thanks for doing this. And uh, look forward to you continue to listen and take notes and uh, give us the feedback. Thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah thank thanks for you. Having me. Yeah, this was awesome.